we see no difference in clinical outcomes. And, and I think the, the limited existing uh, uh, data in the literature uh, echoes the same. So I, I think the take home point is uh, uh, there it's consistency, making sure that within your laboratory, that your embryologists are loading in a very consistent fashion. And if you're using air bubbles, everybody should be using air bubbles and they should be of a similar size. And if you're not, then just want to make sure that that technique is being carried throughout all members of the laboratory. Yeah, I think it, it leads on to a, a discussion about injection volume uh, and pressures as well that um, that we get uh, uh, consistently asked about um, how quickly should you um, inject the embryos into the, the, the uterine cavity. And, and sometimes I think air bubbles can, can mitigate that a little bit and how, how um, hard or how much you have to press the plunger um, on the on the syringe um, itself, uh, so it, it, as you say, it's an open debate. I don't think there's any consensus uh, about it. Uh, there was a feeling at one time, I believe, that if you put a a large air bubble at, at the end, um, then um, you stopped the embryos tracking back with the with the catheter. But we can talk to um, to Kazem about that uh, particular technique as as we. Um, as we go along. So we've got a, a loaded catheter. Um, and uh, in terms of your experience, Kazem, what do you believe is the, um, the the ideal way to do the procedure itself in terms of a single step or a single transfer or doing a two-stage procedure? Do you have any uh, preference, uh, any um, information that would help people decide which way perhaps to, to do that uh, transfer technique? Well, thank you. It's also a very good question, but I can tell you one thing. <laughs> you should not perform the one-step embryo transfer if you haven't examined the patient before. That means first time uh, checking the cervix of the uterus of the patient on the day of embryo transfer, this is definitely false. So I practice the both methods during uh, my work in the last 20 years, and it depends on in which clinic you're working. I think it's always very important to emphasize what Jason said before. You have to have standards in your clinic. So if you are performing it in one way or the other way, it is okay. There are not that differences within the techniques, but in your clinic, the worst thing you can have is that one clinician is performing in this way, the other one is doing it the other way. So it brings the lab, it uh, mix up the lab, uh, so you get confused. Huh? So you have to have one method. What I try to say is, first of all, have one method for everybody. I think it's the best. Second of all, as I mentioned before, you can perform the one-step embryo transfer, but definitely you should examine the patient before. This is what we call mock transfer. That means you have to have the same situation like the day of embryo transfer. You have to have to check. You have to bring, you have to bring your catheter into the uterus before starting of the stimulation. And if you see, okay, this is easy, there are no problems, there are no resistance, then of course you can do the one-step embryo transfer. 
if you don't, if in your clinic is a busy clinic and you cannot offer the patients examination before cycling of the cycle, then I will definitely go for the uh, two-step embryo transfer. Best method, if you ask me, is uh, to perform a mode transfer before you start the stimulation because in cell depth, cell depth, the advantage of the the advantage of the two-step transfer is that you in 99% of the cases you won't have any problem to come inside the uterus. But in 1% of the cases you have a problem. There are adhesions, you cannot come inside the cases once or twice a year you have to freeze the embryos because you cannot come. So if you can find out these patients before the whole thing, then it's much better. And in these cases, of course, you have to perform an hysteroscopic operation. This is the best thing because sometimes you say, okay, then I do it on the day of embryo transfer. I delayed the uterus, the cervix of the uterus, and I perform the embryo transfer. But the less you do, the less you manipulate the uterus, it's textbook, the better it is. So every, every step we take in order to uh, perform this difficult embryo transfer means uh, less pregnancy rate. So in these cases, I even uh, think it's better for the patients uh, to freeze the embryos and perform a hysteroscopy and open the way, open the cervix, and then give the uh, embryos back. Yeah, and I think we'll we'll touch upon uh, the the freezing strategy um, a little bit later as well in a in a different context. But um, now we have uh, vitrification, and uh, particularly if you're doing uh, blastocyst transfer, then there's much more confidence in uh, in being able to to vitrify those embryos and. Uh, transfer them at a, a later date if if necessary. Uh, one question that does arise on um, the setup for for embryo transfer is removal of of cervical mucus, and I wonder if you could give um, your opinion on on that. Uh, the, it seems to have changed over the years. That at one time uh, it was a fairly casual cleaning. At other times, it was you needed to remove every last. Uh, um, mucus particle within the cervix but what what, what is the the current thinking around um, preparation of the cervix before the embryo transfer well still it's the same that means uh, you have to see it and if there are mucus there you have to remove the mucus i think there are a couple of uh, publication in this regard and most of the publication and it's also in accordance with uh, ASRM recommendation regarding embryo transfer that you remove the mucus. So mucus and the uh, uh, alter host of the uterus is not good. You have to remove it. But the question is how to remove it. There are different uh, techniques. Uh, you can do it with the swab. You can do it with uh, uh, shock catheter. Uh, I don't think that it really matters. The most important thing is that you remove it. And of course, I have to say it should be gentle. Again, the most important thing with embryo transfer is to be gentle because what you want to avoid is an atraumatic embryo transfer. And whatever manipulation you have with the uterus, it can lead to the fact that you have 
oxytocin or prostaglandins secretions, which will lead to contractions, endo, uh, subendometrial contractions. And these subendometrial contractions, they are not good because they move the embryos within the uh, cavum uteri, within the endometrium. Maybe they come out, maybe they go towards the tube. So you have to avoid uh, manipulating the uterus. Yeah, and that, um, that brings us to a, um, an interesting uh, discussion around placement of embryos, because I think that also can affect um, whether you get uterine contractions or not. So in terms of where ideally to place the embryos within the uterine cavity, perhaps you could uh, discuss that um, with us. Yes. Well, this is one of the most important points at the beginning uh, of the history of embryo transfer. They used the touchdown method. That means uh, they went inside the uterus and they go with the catheter till they get a touch with the fundus of the uterus and then they came back, they brought back the catheter like for um, between something 0.5 millimeter and one centimeter and then they uh, inserted the, the embryos, replaced the placed embryos inside of the catheter. Well, um, the first publications regarding using ultrasound showed that as a matter of fact, this is the wrong thing. But because again, as I mentioned before, when you use the touchdown method, it's possible that you will lead to release of prostaglandins, which will also lead themselves to contractions. So you want to avoid the contractions. And it again depends on if you are doing the two-step embryo transfer or the uh, first step, one-step embryo transfer. If you are using the two-step embryo transfer, that means you have an uh, alter catheter and, 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 and so alter shell of the catheter and an inner shell. So the best place, there actually there's only one publication in this regard, the best place to put the embryo, so the tip of the embryo catheter is actually just uh, before the os of the uterus, internal os of the catheter. This is important, internal os of the endometrium. So you place the outer guide of uh, the, uh, the outer part, the outer shell of the catheter beyond the internal os of the uterus. The reason you do this is because going inside with the outer catheter, which is much more firm compared to the inner shell of the catheter, will maybe perform some injuries in the uh, endometrium. So this is the place of outer shell or outer guide, whatever you want to call it. Then is the question of now the embryos come and you want to put the embryos inside the cavum uteri. So the best place, now we are talking about the best place for the tip of inner catheter, inner guide. 
And there are lots of publications, but I think it's very safe if we say it should be somewhere between 10 millimeters and 20 millimeters from fundus of the uterus. There are publications that show that actually this is the best instance. So, this is now in regard of the position of the two catheters, outer catheter and inner catheter. But the bubbles are also very important. They should be, as a matter of fact, in the third distal part of the cavumutery. Uh, and this is now the very important how much you have fluid in the catheter and the velocity that you use for performing the embryo transfer. What is your syringe? What is the velocity? What's the resistance of the plunger? With which pressure do you press the plunger? So these are all important facts, but the idea is that you bring your bubbles, because other than that, you don't have any measurements in the near to the fundus, and not that much near to the fundus, the best place is somewhere between the, uh, the, the border between the middle part and the uh, fundal part, one third of the carbon. This is the best place to put the embryo, put the bubbles. But if the bubbles move, this is of course the an, another question. The less you manipulate the uterus, the less movement of the bubbles we will have. Thank you to everyone that's um, tuned in to this episode of uh, Fertility Insights. Uh, please like, uh, share and comment uh, if you would like to. Uh, that will help us and, and make sure to tune in uh, to our future episodes.